0: Ukraine's long-anticipated counteroffensive is gaining traction and its military has made some significant gains after launching its long-awaited counteroffensive against Russian troops. So will this be a long and bloody fight? I'm Veronica Dudo. Let's get started. This is In America Today from the Ticker News Studios in New York City. Ukraine's counteroffensive reportedly tougher than expected as Russian forces are now stepping up their attacks, launching a multi-drone strike. But President Vladimir Zelensky was quoted saying that progress in Ukraine's counteroffensive against Russian forces is slower than desired. However, he added that Kiev would not be pressured into speeding it up. Meanwhile, his adversary, Russian President Vladimir Putin, said Moscow had observed a lull in Ukraine's counteroffensive. In televised remarks, Putin said that although Ukraine still has some offensive potential, Kiev understands it has no chance. Ukraine says it has reclaimed eight villages so far in its long-awaited counteroffensive, which marks the first substantial gains on the battlefield for seven months, The United States has already approved over $100 billion in aid for Ukraine, and the Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, announced more funding. But make no mistake, all of these reforms and recovery efforts depend on Ukraine having the capacity to deter and defend against future attacks by Russia. That's why even as we invest in Ukraine's immediate and long-term recovery, we also have to build a Ukrainian military that is strong enough to protect Ukraine's sovereignty, its territorial integrity, and its independence. Let's be clear. Russia is causing Ukraine's destruction, and Russia will eventually bear the cost of Ukraine's reconstruction. For more, let's bring in Dr. Carol Savitz, the senior advisor for MIT Security Studies Program. Thank you so much for joining us. So, is the much talked about Ukraine counteroffensive making any headway?
1: It seems to be making very slow headway. Uh, as you just mentioned, they claim to have recaptured eight. Villages, I think everybody was hoping that it might be a little bit faster, but it's looking as if it's a very slow slog and the Russians are very dug in. One of the issues are the minefields between the two lines, uh, uh, you know, between the Russian troops and Ukrainian troops. And as we've seen, and also as you mentioned, uh, the Russians are counterattacking both on the ground and, of course, with the drone strikes against Kiev, against uh, Lviv this morning, and against other cities. So the war is a long way from over, and it remains to be seen how successful the counteroffensive will, uh, will ultimately be. Now, you talked
0: a little bit there about some strategy. Have you seen strategy changing with Ukraine now launching some of those long-range missiles? And how effective has that been?
1: You know, we, the Americans certainly, and the Europeans are caught between not wanting to provoke Russia to a wider attack at the same time as we are hoping that the Ukrainians will um, muster the strength to, uh, to push the Russians back. Uh, There have been more strikes in Byelgorod, which is in Russia, over the Ukrainian border. Uh, There have been attacks on other fuel depots on some of the airfields. I think what we really should all be watching is what's happening in Crimea, where there too, there have been attacks on fuel depots and everything. And one of the questions is whether or not Russia could reclaim Crimea or so weaken the Russian administration there and the Russian military presence there that um, it would be you know, deemed a great success.
0: Now, there were some reports emerging that they were looking into potentially recruiting some criminals in Russia. Do you know anything further about that? Is that maybe an indication as to desperation, or do you think that they still have substantial forces?
1: Well, I think a couple of things are happening. One is that they already have recruited uh, criminals, both the you know, mercenary force Wagner has recruited from Russian jails, and now the Russian military itself seems to be recruiting from Russian jails. And we're also hearing reports that several other Russian state agencies are moving to create their own militias, including the space ministry, which seems rather odd to me. But um, it's almost as if The soldiers who are being paid and who have not been conscripted are deemed to be the better soldiers. The problem is how long will it take them to be at full muster, number one, and number two, to be fully trained in order to either resist the Ukrainian forces or to launch a counter-offensive, if you will.
0: Now, the Pentagon just announced that an accounting error overestimated the value of weapons being sent to Ukraine by some $6.2 billion. Now officials say the mistake allows the Pentagon to have extra money to support Ukraine's counteroffensive. How might this money be spent?
1: I would presume that we will be supplying more missiles, more artillery, uh, more ammunition for the equipment that they already have. Ukrainian soldiers are already training on the F-16s. We'll have to see how much more um, equipment we are willing to provide. Again, the Biden administration has been uh, sort of conducting this balancing act between giving the Ukrainians what we deem they need versus what the Ukrainians seem to want. And again, in order not to provoke a major Russian attack, one of the big fears, and I know we're going to talk about Mr. Putin, one of the big fears is that if Putin feels cornered enough, would he be tempted to launch some kind of unconventional attack on the Ukrainians or beyond?
0: Now, the U.S. has committed billions of dollars in security assistance to Ukraine since Russia's invasion over a year ago. We've also heard lawmakers say the United States just simply can't continue to cut a blank check for Ukraine. How long do you think America would be able to afford providing costly financial military aid?
1: Uh, that's sort of the $64,000 question. Um, I think there is some Ukraine fatigue, in quotation marks, um, that people are, it sounds like, you know, tons and tons of money and, and tons of weapons and everything else. And people are thinking, well, there's, uh, there are needs closer to home. What are we doing as we're depleting our own military stocks? Suppose something else were to happen in the world. I think some of these are legitimate questions. However, I think that this is a vital, vitally important um, military operation. And while it sounds like a lot of hype on one level, on another level, it really is sort of a fight for democracy against autocracy and against reactionary forces in the world. And uh, I think that the again, the Biden administration and the European have been wonderful in terms of supporting Ukraine and in supporting uh, what seemed to have been until now sort of the the general rules of the game, which were no territorial attack, such as we saw Russia against Ukraine, no unprovoked territorial attack, I should put it that way, um, and that uh, this is an attempt to reestablish some kind of order within Europe.
0: Now, of course, we've heard that this is escalating. Do you think that it has reached a critical stage or is this how war goes where there are fluctuations of battles?
1: Um, I'm not quite sure what you mean by escalation, to be honest. I think that this um, is much more like a war of attrition at the moment than anything else. I mean, this, as I said before, has been slower, I think, than the Ukrainians. And then we had anticipated liberating eight villages after um, so much time already. Seems like a, a scant success. On the other hand, with each victory, the Russians are being pushed back. And the question is, to my mind... Um, can Ukraine successfully push the Russians back, say, to the 2014 lines, at which point maybe there could be some kind of a negotiation to try to declare a cease, to try to get to a, a ceasefire? On the other hand, I don't see any appetite on either side for ceasefire negotiations, at least at the moment. Uh And I don't know, given the history between 2014 and 2022, whether or not, even if there were some kind of a ceasefire or a temporary lull in the fighting, whether or not Russia would just simply use that in order to regroup and rearm and then to attack again.
0: Really fascinating conversation. Dr. Carol Savitz, thank you so much for joining us from MIT. More Ticker News right after this.